0: People, you know, might roll their eyes at like, oh, another enamel pen, but they're cool. They're like little trinkets of, of larger ideas. And I think that that small thing can mean all the world to someone that, that might be interested in it, you know, and I love that idea of someone carrying my, my out into the world.
1: Hello there, everybody. Welcome to Overtime. This is Dribble's official podcast. I'm Dan Cederholm, your host. This is episode 32, where we chat with Lauren Dickens. Lauren is an amazingly creative person. Uh, she's a native Texan currently in Austin, Texas. Uh, I'm just a giant, giant fan of, of her work. I think it's, uh, her work has a lot of personality to it. Uh, we talk about, you know, having a sense of humor in design work. We talk about getting cosmic and the astral plane. <laughs> and we talk about, um, you know, how, how personal work might lead to client work and how that differs. It's a really awesome um, conversation with, with someone who's uh, extremely, extremely creative and interesting. And I, th- I think you're going to really enjoy this one. This week's episode is brought to you by Wix.com. Push the limits of design and start creating beautiful, impactful websites that are uniquely yours with Wix. Um, we'll be talking much more about Wix uh, later on in the episode. I also want to again mention uh, Hang Time Seattle. This is Dribble's big uh, one day event in Seattle on May 15th. Tickets are available uh, at a discounted uh, price right now, so you're going to want to go grab tickets while they're available. We've got Quite a schedule planned for Hangtime Seattle. Uh, lots of cool guests and speakers and activities and an after party. And you're going to want to come hear uh, Aaron Droplin speak and uh, Dana Tanamachi and Nathan Yoder and Koi Vin, among many others. So just go to dribble.com hangtime for more info and to get tickets, and we'll see you in Seattle. And for now, I invite you to enjoy this excellent episode number 32 with Lauren Dickens. Welcome to Overtime, Lauren Dickens.
0: Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, thanks for being here. This is awesome because your work is awesome. And I'm, I'm looking, you know, I was looking through this stuff before we hit record and I'm just I was laughing. I mean, not, not (laughs) in a good, like in a happy way, like, Oh my God, I can't believe like this body of work. Like it's just, uh, it's crazy. And I don't even know where to begin. Like there's just so much, uh, so much cool stuff in here. And I, I guess it'd be cool to just, I just think we should dive into like one of your recent projects just to sort of get the ball rolling. Cause I know I want to hear about like your, how you got started and what, what you're up to and, and all that stuff. But, um, just to, just to get into it, you know, this, this latest, uh, project of yours, I think is daughters essentials for women and the identity and, and branding work for that. And it's, it looks, it looks amazing. The color palette is, is super cool, which I'll be saying a lot, by the way, on yeah. uh, this conversation, but, uh, tell us about that. And then I think that's a good way to start, start things off.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um... So this was part of a, a existing company here in Austin. They actually have some stores in California now as well, um, it's called Stag, uh, yeah. for men. Um, right, right. Stag's been around for a good bit and kind of the staple um, down here for basically men's uh, menswear basics. Um,
1: yeah, really nice stuff.
0: Yeah, really nice brands like. RRL um Ralph Lauren's kind of uh you know upper yeah. scale kind of <laughs> hip <hipster Yeah>.
2: wear <laughs> totally um, totally
0: and stuff like that and they also you know have like local artisans with leather work in the shop as well and like some jewelry so it, it's a really cool store and um you know as as a woman who tends towards i would say uh less feminine uh clothing I always was drawn to stag just um, to shop for myself. Um, But you know, when you, when you try on menswear as a woman, the fit is, is just never quite right.
2: Right. Um, Right. Right.
0: We obviously (laughs) aren't built the same way. Um, So it was always kind of like a, a wish of mine that they would introduce some kind of women's side of the store. Yeah. And yeah, one of the one of the people that works at Stag is uh, a wonderful woman named Gwen Riley. And uh she approached me and she I guess has had this idea kind of as as well for a few years and was finally trying to get it off the ground. Um and so when I when she approached me, I was just, you know, ecstatic, obviously. Number one that it was happening <laughs> yeah. and that she wanted me to be a part of it and and do the branding for her wow um, yeah and it was a really amazing team of women that kind of kind of took this thing on under the stag umbrella um i don't know if you're familiar with jackie lee young's work she's a photographer here in town but um no i'm she not does
2: actually
0: as well yeah um, yeah so she shot like the models with with the pieces on it, and I did the branding and iconography, and it all just came together. Um And yeah, super excited that that is now in the world and that I can shop there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what's cool about it. It's like you you were actually a fan of the brand beforehand, and but but right. wanted but wanted the the women's line, and then here you are like designing the branding for it, which is pretty cool, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was actually like really appropriate the launch party ended up being on international women's day which was oh, awesome. wow. oh yeah,
2: perfect.
0: Was kind, of, kind of serendipitous um and it was just yeah it was a great time
1: wow i'm looking at it now and i love i love it the lettering and type and color and and like how was the process for that did they did they kind of have something in mind for you like a direction or is uh I was just kind of wondering what the, the collaboration was there.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, so stag, uh, had a brand that was done by the land boys, um, years ago. And so they wanted something that would, you know, not necessarily be identical to that, but kind of fit, fit under that kind of aesthetic or umbrella. Yeah. Uh, but then be able to stand on its own as well. Um, mm. And definitely wanted a little bit more of like, I guess, a feminine touch, um, delicate kind of nature. So I really focused on the type itself. Um, Stag kind of mirrors that as well. They they use some iconography in their branding, but for the most part, it's just this, this word mark, this logo type. So yeah mirrored that for daughters as well and just really focused on the the form of the the letter forms themselves and and how they interacted with each other and tried to you know come up with some interesting ways that they kind of formed together
2: yeah well it looks
1: yeah it's totally uh in line with stag. You, you you did an awesome job like making it feel like an extension of of stag but having its own personality is well Thanks,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, the color palette definitely kind of derived from there too. We wanted mm. some more earthy tones, kind of like neutrals that you would find in the store, like that kind of army green or um, yeah, dark khaki color. Uh, I love it. And I, that's definitely what I'm drawn to in my um, I would say day to day wardrobe. So it was kind of a, a no brainer for me.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. It feels very yeah. it feels Austin to me too without yeah. without being. Um, I don't mean that in like, there's an Austin style, I guess. Well, I mean, there, I think there is maybe in a way like for, for my limited visits there, but mm-hmm. it feels like, you know, an Austin brand. Do you, do you think that there is an Austin style down there or.
0: You know, that's funny. I've heard that come up, um, in the design community before that there's kind of this, this set style in, in Austin, to be honest, I'm, I'm not even sure what that, what that means. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah,
0: there's a lot, there's a lot of really talented people here. And I definitely think that, you know, as creatives, we, we feed off each other, but at the same time, there's, I think there's a lot of, there's a breadth of work and and very distinct styles within the community as well. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I try not to pay too much attention to that because I'm just, I'm just kind of trying to do my thing and, and take each project, um, as it comes and, and let the the client and, and the project itself dictate the work.
1: Yeah. Which makes, which makes sense. I totally, um, and I, I think you're right. Like I, it's probably that there's just a lot of, there's like, it's high concentration of. Talent right. in Austin, right? Um, so yeah. I think it's just consistently. It's funny, even on on dribble. Like I, I would, I'll come across somebody and I'm like, you know, this is incredible. Of course, they're in Austin. Like there, <laughs> there's just so much uh, talent there, and I don't know why. I don't. It, it, I mean, well, I do know why. It's a, it's a great city, obviously. But um did, did you have you grown Did you grow up in Austin or Texas in general? Or,
0: um, so I am a a native Texan. But I grew up in like the Dallas Fort Worth area. Oh yeah. And spent, you know, up until high school there and came down to Austin basically to to go to college and just kinda never left. Went to school at the University of, of Texas and actually, you know, have a degree in design, which <laughs> a lot of people these days seem to like not use their degree, but um, <laughs> one of the few that are using their degree.
1: I'm jealous actually. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm totally jealous.
0: But yeah. Yeah, I I uh actually really value that time because it our design program was a little I would say unconventional in that it it's not like it was a a graphic design program or a, a super specific uh technical program. It was more of like a design conceptual Mm. thinking program. Oh
2: yeah. Yep.
0: It kind of like loosened me up to these broader ideas. And I think, I think that influence, uh, can still be seen in my work today, Mm. which is cool. And something that I, I definitely think is important to the work that I do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I'm, I've said I was jealous earlier and, and honestly I am like, I'm always jealous of, uh, like I, I wish I had known that I had design in me, you know, earlier in life, like yeah, a college age or whatever. It actually took the kind of the web to unearth this, you know, lifetime of oh, I've been paying attention to letters. Like I, mean, I guess that's, that's yeah. it's like typography. But I wonder, did, did you did you kind of always know that you wanted to be oh. creative or
0: well? Yeah, I guess I knew I wanted to be creative. Um, but, you know, I grew up drawing and mostly like illustrating and I don't think I really knew that graphic design was a profession necessarily. You know, yeah, like right, right. You obviously interact with things that are designed by people all day, but it for some reason doesn't register on your radar as a profession. So when I was, you know, graduating high school and thinking about what I wanted to do, I I saw that, you know, UT had this like design program. And I was really intrigued by it. And mm. I didn't even really know, you know, what exactly that meant. But after going, you know, through the process and and through the the courses, I, I really started to develop these sensitivities that I never would have thought you know would be in my skill set like honestly I just thought I would be drawing stuff for lack of a better term and I really got interested in in type and typography because UT was fortunate to have the Rob Roy Kelly um, type collection mm. in our facilities so oh, wow. I really started to work with you know type in a in a physical way um, in college and it really opened me up to to really typography in general, and um I think the way that letterpress uh, in particular dictates the design process can still be seen in my work too today, even digitally like uh, I like to think of it as a puzzle, you know it's it's like these lockups and things are more of a puzzle than anything else
1: Wow. That's interesting. So, did you did you study letterpress at school as well?
0: So, there wasn't technically like a letterpress letterpress um class, but it was it was kind of an extracurricular, it was basically just a resource that we could use mm-hmm. um for certain projects and and once I was introduced to it, I I kind of couldn't they couldn't get me away from it. <laughs>
1: It's pretty addictive, isn't it? I've I've just started working on yeah. on a side project that's entirely letterpress, and it's it's like that's it's awesome. fascinating because I I don't have I, I'm so I'm just doing everything late in life here, but like it's so interesting watching the process and the things you have to the extra things you have to worry about, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> when you're printing on paper or both sides of the paper, or you know, like how. Ha- yeah. Like <laughs> amazing. There's,
0: there's no command Z. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly.
2: You have
0: to reset everything. If you <laughs> want to make an adjustment, it's pretty crazy.
2: And the, so think, yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that taught me a lot of patience, um, with my work as well, you know, like, and also not being too precious about it because, you know, I mean, there's always going to be some kind of imperfection with letterpress. And so, mm-hmm in my, in my work now, and I mostly work digital now, uh, which sometimes I feel is unfortunate. I would love to get my hands dirty more. Um, but you know, I, I, I try to embrace these imperfections and yeah. try not to let them hold me up too much from, you know, letting, letting a piece go out into the world.
1: I love that. Yeah. And it, and it shows in your work. I mean, it's, I was going to ask, you know, about the daughter's project but other ones as well here i what logistically the the process would be like is it hand it it, there is a very handmade quality to a lot of your work but but you're working digitally
0: right yeah i would say my process tends to vary um i really don't spend too much time sketching on pen and paper and once i have kind of an idea i just kind of go, go for it. (laughs) Yeah, I tend to work pretty intuitively, which I, it served me well so far, but, uh, you know, I can, can definitely see how other designers like that sketching phase and, um, to really flesh out ideas. Um, but I think it goes back to like what I was saying with the letterpress stuff. I really kind of view design as almost like a puzzle more than, Mm. um, like this crafting of a of a piece. Um, yeah. I'm really I tend to not be too precious about about my work, and I think that's kind of important in our field too, especially for for client work.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because you're for them, it's the most important thing, and not necessarily, you know. I love it. I I'm I work similarly too, where I know I don't do a lot of sketching and never have much. <laughs> I think it's because I'm a bad wow. sketcher, though. Um, I'm just not that, I'm just not that good at sketching and, but I wonder, do you use any sketching, digital sketching tools or is it, is it mostly, um, mouse driven?
0: So currently it is mouse. Um, but me and my studio mates have actually been, we've all been talking about, uh, getting iPads and, Mm -hmm. and trying that, that whole thing. Um, right. Yeah, because, you know, I've I obviously follow a lot of designers online and um have heard about other designers' processes with the iPad and they you know, it seems to speed up the process immensely, which is never a bad thing. Yeah. Um, especially when you're doing like really intricate illustrations. Mm-hmm. Um you know, that Clicking that mouse takes forever.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and it hurts your wrist after a while too. Um, yeah, I don't.
0: Want, I don't want that carpal. Tube. No,
1: no, exactly. I'm
0: pretty sure I already have it, but
1: <laughs> oh. I might too. For a while, I was just using the trackpad only too, <laughs> I'm like, which is really terrible. Like, uh,
0: <laughs> I've definitely been there. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: Sometimes it's necessary.
1: Yeah, to- totally. Yeah, if you're if you're stuck. I mean, so yeah, yeah. This is really amazing to me because I uh, I just. I I really not just saying this, like, I really love all your work and just like scrolling through it here is, is just amazing. And there, there seems to be a sense of, uh, maybe a sense of humor, I guess I, I could put it or playfulness or, you know, in, in, a, in a lot of your work, which I really appreciate too. Where I was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit too. Like, is that intentional or is it just sort of a, a byproduct of, of, you know, your personality when you're designing or.
0: Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's, it's definitely somewhat intentional. Um, I love making people laugh and <laughs> I like, uh, surprising people too. Yeah. Um, and I also like surprising myself and when that happens while I'm designing is probably one of the best feelings you can have as a designer when you can step back and be like, wow, like that's, that's really something there. I've, I've, I've tapped into something here. Um, that's, that's a really incredible feeling. So it's, it's really not like I start a project and the goal that I've set for myself is that I want to make people laugh.
2: Right. Right. It's it's really
0: about finding the connection between whatever I'm trying to communicate, um, conceptually. And then, tying the visuals back into that, almost like a, like an infinite loop, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so injecting some, some, yeah, some wit into the work and basically these like larger concepts, I think really, really help the work resonate with people and keeps it interesting for me, you know, doing the work. Cause if you're not having fun, then why be doing what you're doing? <laughs> Amen.
1: Amen. Yeah, totally. I mean, just as an example, like you designed a skateboard and it's like the original Shin Killer and it's in this oh, beautiful yeah. script, <laughs> you know, like Shin Killer Deluxe, which is <laughs> hilarious. But, but also like, it's not, it's not just, its intention isn't just to be funny, which is kind of what you were saying before, but it is. And it's like, it works perfectly as a brand. Yeah. How did that come about?
0: Okay. So that, that project was a kind of a three year project called project loop, mm. a photographer here in town. He lives in, well, actually lives in Taylor, Texas, um, started project loop in order to build a skate park for the kids of Taylor
2: oh, awesome. because
0: they, you know, there's a lot of creative kids out there and he felt like they didn't really have an outlet, um, for that creativity. So, Um, basically for three years, uh, there's kind of a roster of artists and designers that, that donated some work to be auctioned off in order to raise funds to build that park. Um, and the park is actually, I think it, it might be complete by now. Um, but I've been following, you know, uh, their Instagram feed and it looks, it looks sick (laughs) (laughs) to use a a skater term. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: So that was that was like a that, that was a a good cause that you got involved in then.
0: Yeah, yeah. I try to, you know, I try to do that when I can, some some pro bono stuff or or some things for for a cause that I believe mm-hmm. in. The Shin Killer piece in particular, um it's funny that you bring that up because that was kind of this first um stab at like Creating a brand for a thing that's like not real,
2: oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know sure.
0: like, like a fake brand yeah, yeah. um, and I've kind of started to do that more lately, too, like I don't know if you saw the the circle jerk boys club, yes, like,
2: yeah, yep,
0: and then the extra salty lady lockup. yeah, up. they're all kind of doing the same thing, they're like these these fake. Fake brands or like this fake brand packaging for a concept, essentially.
1: Yeah, which is so cool. It's it, it's amazing, and it doesn't look. I mean, it doesn't look fake at all to me. I, and you know, I I was going to ask about those as like what what uh, what you know what client was this? So <laughs> it's, it's so cool. And it, is it just is it sort of like what does that do for you in terms of? Obviously, you're not. It's it's not a client, so you're not necessarily getting paid for it, but it's still, it's still fun. And, and yeah, what, what, what do you get out of it?
0: Um, so for like the women's March poster in particular, it's just a, it's kind of a lighthearted way to take on these really tough issues. Um, Mm, I, as a, as a human being, I would say I, I tend to use humor as a tool in a lot of ways or at least humor to talk about deeper things. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I think that it's number one, a really great exercise for me to really gather my thoughts and the world we live in is such a, a touchy place right now. And so trying to inject a little bit of humor into these concepts and, and trying to get a laugh out of people or, bring Mm. people together in that way, I think is a a step in the right direction because it's hard to be serious all the time about these things, even though, you know, it's important.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's such a great way to look at it. Actually. Mm. I, I, I'm very similar and I try to use humor (laughs) whenever I can. (laughs) Getting people to laugh is like important to me. And I I think that's a, that's actually a brilliant, I was gonna say angle. It's not the right word, but uh, way to approach just some of these difficult topics, as you said, right? Right. I think that's great. Cause it, I mean, just visually it's so interesting. And then there's, if there's something else behind that, something important that, that you're trying to call attention to, then that's even better. I mean, that, I guess that's, that's graphic design really. That's like successful graphic design, right? If you're <laughs> yeah the message, if the message is getting across, you know, <laughs> you've done your job for sure this week's episode is brought to you by wix.com with wix the web is your playground start with a blank slate and design your website in any layout you want work with advanced features like retina ready image galleries custom font sets and sophisticated design effects each feature is intuitive to use so you're in control from design to live with Wix, you'll have real creative freedom to tell your story online exactly the way you've envisioned it. Push the limits of design and start creating beautiful, impactful websites that are uniquely yours. Go to wix.com/dribble to get started today. That's wix.com/dribble. Wix, what will you create? So you you do project, uh, sorry, client work. But you also enjoy like personal projects as well. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I noticed you have your own store as well. Awful goods. Yeah. Which is, which is super cool. I, I have to ask about that because I'm obsessed lately with just merch and getting things made. And and, I mean, there's a, as a cap and we're going to link all this stuff obviously in the show notes, but there's a cap that says dunce on it. So it's a dunce cap, which I think is brilliant. Uh, you know oh its sold out, shoot,
0: yeah, yeah, so I'm that was design. that was actually <laughs> the first product that I launched um
2: oh awesome, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I guess it was about two years ago, two and a half years ago now, um mm. but that was with i I used Ebbets field in collaboration with them, and
2: yeah,' it was they're great
0: great, great quality hats, um. But, uh, yeah, basically like (laughs) awful goods is kind of this, it started as an outlet for these silly, stupid ideas that I had. Um, because at the time I was working at a studio, um, and kind of needed just like an outlet for, for some of this stuff. Um, so I decided to, to start this kind of side hustle. Um, and, started kind of using it as a, as a way to release personal work.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: I really love the idea of just kind of coming up with these one liners or kind of one-off phrases and and concepts that, that people relate to and for lack of a better term, like want to wear on their bodies or want to use in some way. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I know the enamel pin and like patch thing is like super trendy right now, but there's a reason for that and it's a really easy way to get people to see your work and wear your work and, you know, I'm all for people relating to each other and and kind of supporting each other in that way. Um, so I think it's it's awesome and people, you know, might roll their eyes at like, "Oh, another" enamel pen, but they're cool. They're like little trinkets of, of larger ideas. And I think that that small thing can mean all the world to someone that, that might be interested in it, you know? And I love that idea of someone carrying my, my work out into the world.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yes. I lo- I love it too and I I don't care if they're trendy either like I think <laughs> I think patches and pins are so fun and like like you said a great way for designers to get their stuff out there and, and in and in a very affordable way for people too. Exactly,
0: um, exactly.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: it's also like an enamel pin in particular like it's it's very non-committal like you know, yeah. yeah, like collect them and it's almost like, what's the flavor of the day? Like, how do I feel today? Yeah. yeah. What am I, I going to let people know about me right now?
1: Yeah, that's true. Like you can't, you can't have too many of them. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like you reach a point where you're like, well, I got, I, I did that. I got my pins and now I'm done. It's like, it's, you're collecting them.
2: Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I love you that. I don't
0: really do anymore. Like, no. I don't really collect anything. I guess I collect hats, but.
1: Well, that's
2: a good thing to collect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like uh, on the patch pin thing, like mm-hmm. there's, there's a, a bunch of them on here that, that I love. Uh, I, I mean, the gay ambassador patch <laughs> is really cool. I wonder if you could tell us about that one.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I am gay, first of all. Yeah. And uh, it was just kind of like. I think at the time there was a a bunch of stuff going on with the Supreme Court and that whole decision. So I wanted, again, like a lighthearted way to bring basically like support uh, for a certain cause. Why not make like a military style rainbow gay patch? Like that's
1: awesome. (laughs) So it's so great.
0: Like, I love the, kind of juxtaposition of these visual languages, like the rainbow and kind of this like military surplus style.
2: Yeah, um, so
0: It's a weird kind of, kind of don't ask, don't tell vibe thing going on, but
1: <laughs> right, right. Right. Well, it's cool. The, the, your description, like, be militant in your support for equality and and do ask do tell which right,
0: is right so awesome. right yeah yeah
1: it's such a great it's yeah this is brilliant because it's it's like a a really creative way of joining the I was going to say join the debate but you know like getting your point across with a little bit of lightheartedness
2: yeah. but also
1: like about something that's that's super important and right. super relevant you know and and I I gotta buy one of these because mm-hmm. um, I just think it's I think it's perfect.
0: Yeah, and like um, anyone can be a gay ambassador; you don't have to be gay.
1: That's what I. That's what I love about it, because I, uh, you know, as a non-gay person, like I, but that's something I could I could wear and could I could help support, you know,
0: totally. In yeah, that
2: way, like,
0: it's definitely you know going back to the women's march poster and this personal work. It's definitely like a a way to kind of subvert the dialogue about how these things are are usually presented yeah it can be really polarizing and i think at the end of the day um for me at least it's it's easier to engage with people if there's some element of like lightheartedness and more of a human element because yeah i just i find it so off-putting when when people are just you know at each other's throats and like so stubborn and set in their ways. Um, yeah, yeah. It can be really difficult. T-
1: totally agreed. And I think that's, what's so great about the patch. And I mean, a lot of the other stuff that you've created too, but like, yeah, it's, it's a way of like joining the conversation without getting into a screaming match with somebody. Um, exactly. you know, cause that's, it's tough. These, I mean, it's a tough world out there. Um, the other, the other one I, I got to ask you about because I'm, I'm into just space stuff and uh, meet meet with me astrally. Again, it's like, I just love, like the design is is awesome. And then it's like, I just love the concept of it. Mm -hmm. So I got to hear, I got to hear about this too.
0: Yeah. I got pretty heady with the description of this one too. And I'm definitely like, this is something, if you're a friend of mine, you know about me, it can be, I would say a little difficult to like really crack, crack my shell. But once we're like tight, I will go as deep as you want to. Like <laughs> I don't hold yeah. back. And like, so this is, this is kind of like a introduction to the, that world or that side of me. Um, but it's just cosmic, man. I don't know.
2: <laughs> exactly. It's just, I, just
0: like
1: I was going to say exactly that, but I didn't want to sound, you know, uh, yeah.
0: Like,
2: yeah. I'll,
0: no, I'll, no, no. I'll put myself there. I don't care. I'll no. be,
2: I'll be bad all day long. Yeah, it.
0: it was just so. If you want to get like really deep, yes, my, we do. My, let's go. Let's yep, do it. Yep, yep. Uh, my mother passed away when I was a teenager, oh, um, and so you know sometimes. She visits me in my dreams, and I totally believe that, like when that happens i'm I feel differently afterwards, you know, and I don't think mm. that that is a coincidence um
2: mm, yeah. You know, I
0: yeah I don't have it figured out by any means, but I know that you know whatever makes me feel i guess secure or validated in my own life, then I'm going to kind of pursue. And, you know, um, this idea of like meeting, meeting someone on the astral plane and like having a conversation with someone who might not be in your physical realm or, or your, um, physical, you know, reality is really intriguing to me. Um, so that's kind of where that came from.
1: I love this. Oh my gosh. I, I want to start the episode over and just start uh-huh. with this, and then and you know, all about
2: that. yeah,
1: I really have to hold myself back here because I, I, yeah, I agree. Like I, I have dreams like that too. Yeah. Um, where it's it it, it feels very different than a normal dream. That's and that's yeah. kind of why they stand out for me. And like it's pretty it's pretty crazy. And so I, I'm with like you. I I don't pretend to have things figured out either, but I think having that open mind about where where we fit into the greater cosmos is just like a it's not only is it fascinating but it's like a healthy thing, yeah
0: yeah, you know I talk to my my friend Keith about this all the time. I'm sure you're familiar with keith's work as- as well um yeah. he he definitely likes to to go deep and we've had conversations about um this exact thing and like I think for me living in that unknown is, is more interesting than than trying to act like I have it all figured out you know
2: <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah. Totally. Because
0: at the end of the day like no one really knows what the fuck they're doing <laughs> they're just trying to do the best they can and it's true we may portray ourselves a certain way um, online or otherwise in our you know daily lives but I think really getting to the core of it is like getting down to like basic human nature stuff. That's, that's what really interests me. Mm -hmm. And that tends to come up a lot in my personal work as well.
1: Yeah. Which is really cool. Like I was just going to say like a lot of your work is, is personal, Mm -hmm. which I think is great. Do you think that that's helped helped you on the client end of things like do people does that stuff resonate with with a client where they're like we 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 resonate with we we love what you're doing here and now we want you to do something for us that's personal or or is it totally two separate things
0: that's a really good question um i think they are separate for me and because i i tend to not hold while i'm very proud of of a lot of my client work, I tend to not hold it, um, as precious as my personal work, obviously, because it's, it's not really mine, you know, it's my work and I had a hand in it, but at the end of the day, you know, you set it free and it becomes something else once it's, um, out in the world and, and carried forward, um, by the client.
1: Right. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Uh, And and that's, I think that's healthy, too, like not not being too precious about client stuff as opposed to your personal,
0: yeah, it can definitely be challenging at times because there's egos involved everywhere, and I try to keep mine as in check as possible and you know, but you're also it's a creative field, it's a subjective field, so there's always gonna be opinions and neither of them are necessarily right because Mm -hmm. of the nature of, of what we do. So navigating that kind of stuff is a challenge at times, but you know, it definitely comes with the territory. And I joke, (laughs) I joke that our profession, professional side of things with clients is tends to be Almost more like therapy than, (laughs) than like design work. Sometimes, especially with like I do mostly, you know, brand identity stuff, and and that can get really, really intense. Um, Especially startup companies, you know, they're this is like this is everything to them, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they really value you and and need your help, and so you know, recognizing that I think is important, and and definitely removing. The ego um, is important when when handling clients.
1: Yeah, and that's not always easy. I you know, yeah. it's hard not to take every opportunity to be like, "How can I express myself here?"
0: Right? Uh, yeah.
1: Or it's like, "Oh no, wait, this is this is their their thing." Yeah, so <laughs> it's difficult. Yeah.
0: yeah, it can be, but then it can also be really amazing, like the best. The best kind of space um, I feel to work in is one that's really collaborative but one that also you know allows for people's strongest suits to to be amplified and and for there to be a lot of trust in that um, mm-hmm. and I'll use better half as an example for that which is a recent project that I worked on um, yes,
1: yeah, I wanted to ask about that yep.
0: So there's a bar here in town called Brew and Brew that's pretty well established. It's been around for a few years and Better Half is um, kind of their new venture. Um, the coffee and, and coffee or coffee and cocktail concept. One of the guys was we were buds before, and you know, he really liked my work and this particular project was actually kind of a, a catalyst for me going out on my own. Um mm. and you know they had the name already, and I loved the name and kind of met the other partners, and we hit it off and they really just let me go crazy, like there <laughs> was pretty much zero kickback on any of the work that I presented, which is like unheard of in a project
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a dream it's a dream
0: <laughs> it really was, and like. They just put together this dream team of like architects and interior designers and, you know, uh, design build places and garden architectural landscaping stuff. And it's, it came together. It just, and it's, it's a perfect representation of like hiring the right people and letting them do their job. You know, just Mm. let's let everyone do what they're good at (laughs) and sit back and see what happens
1: yeah which is that's like uh it's cosmic when that happens when it comes to oh
0: yeah you it's something it's it's ineffable, you can't really put it into words it's just mm-hmm. it almost becomes more of a feeling, and I think that feeling really comes across when you walk into the space um yeah, yeah. and really experience it
2: uh, the
1: work is brilliant, I mean it'm <laughs> just looking at it now too, and it's got so much personality and it sounds like that's mostly from you, right? Or did they give you direction on, on that as well? Or.
0: So like the concept for the space itself was kind of like this West Texas diner vibe. And so that was really like the first jumping off point. Um, And then for me, it was about kind of communicating the personality of of them as kind of this trio, um, and the name itself, like really, really playing off of the name. Um, which is, I mean, there's so much that you can do with that. Um, <laughs> really I, I was just kind of like off to the races and <laughs> went crazy with it. And it, you know, the system itself is really loose. Like it, there almost are no rules with it. Um, and that, really opens me up to continue to have fun with it as it grows, which is important for me as a designer. Cause you know, I mean you work on something for too long and it can start to get a little stale. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've definitely had that experience in the past. So just trying to keep it fresh and and fun down the line is important.
1: Yeah. I love uh, you've got this whole like visual language going on with this. Like there's so many So many visual metaphors for better half, and you've (laughs) you've done a lot of them. It's so cool, but there, there is like this very perfect uh, color palette, and line weights are uniform, and stuff like that. And 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 then the illustration—it's just yeah. uh, I wouldn't even know where to begin here. Thanks. (laughs) Good.
0: It was fun to do. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> and do you uh, do you go? Are you close enough where you can go go there regularly for coffee and cocktails? Or
0: yeah, yeah. So I live um, on the east side, and this place is kind of on the west side. But in Austin, it's really easy to get across town. Yeah. It's not so easy to get up and downtown. You yeah. know, like north and south is no fun. But I can. Hop over there in about ten minutes, I'd say. That's
1: cool. It must be awesome to go in, <laughs> like everything's so familiar, right? Oh, yeah. I think you know, going back to the beginning, where I was like, "Is there an Austin style?" I think, I think what I was thinking of was when I visit Austin, a lot of I don't know, like the restaurant, bar, like shops, bars. They they all seem to have, like value branding. Maybe more mm-hmm. more so to me than, than other cities, or at least the concentration of it's higher. Um, and mm-hmm. do you think that's because the people starting those businesses are just more savvy and, and creative? Or is it the t- concentration of, of talent there is also the reason?
0: It's probably because a lot of designers hang out in coffee shops.
1: <laughs> it's
2: true, actually, yeah. <laughs> it really is, don't Yeah.
0: <laughs> um no, I mean we do we have an obscene amount of coffee in Austin and you know on the other end a, an obscene amount of bars so I think that they kind of feed each other for sure like the creative community obviously like it's notorious like designer hangs out in coffee shop like they feed each other I guess is is would be my my comment on on that. Yeah, it um, makes sense. Living here right now is there's a ample opportunity for you know independent designers like myself to to get really interesting work because there's so much opportunity. There's so many new places um, popping up every week. It seems <laughs> yeah. like so yeah. It's been it's been great.
1: So cool. Uh I need to get back to Austin.
0: Yeah, you should
2: come down here.
1: Yeah, I want to see uh, I want to see all your work, you know, for real up close. <laughs> um what's what's next for you Lauren? Like um is there any anything non-secretive that you can tell us about or
0: I'll just kind of speak broadly here. Um you know, I'd love to start traveling more um for work. I I'm a big mm. cultural cultural leech, I would <laughs> call it. Like, <laughs> love it. I really I really feed off of new places and and new experiences and and new things like that. Um so I would love to, you know, like post up in Chicago or LA for a week or two and just like Hunker down with some clients and get some work done and experience some new things. So, that's, I would say, a goal of mine for this year and, you know, the coming years. And then again, more broadly, I think just opening myself up to new opportunities. You know, I've been working as a designer for a while now, and I would like to kind of find this place where all of my sensitivities can rest and I'm a big people person. Um, you know, I obviously love making people laugh. I love spending time with people. Um, so, and I also love writing and I've been yeah. kind of concepting, concepting ways to bring all of these sense sensibilities together. Um, and that's more of a personal project that I'll be taking on, but I think I think there will be some cool stuff in the future.
1: Awesome. I can't wait to see it, honestly. It's <laughs> it's just so good. Um, thanks so much for for taking the time with us today. It's it's really you know, like I said, the, the work is just amazing. So it's like super treat to to hear, you know, behind the scenes.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, of course. It was it was really fun talking about it all and thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah. Thanks again, Lauren. Of course. This has been overtime dribbles official podcast. I'm Dan Cedarholm, and thanks for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks again.